0: Around the world, you are free to be a black man or a black woman. You're free to be a person of color. You're free to be a dancer. You're free to be gay. You're free to be a feminist. You're free to be you're free to be a Christian or Muslim. You're free to be all of things without overt criticism and bigotry and people pounding you in your head with their perspective on how you should live your life. You're you're free of the inherent frustration that comes with being a marginalized community in the United States. You're free of the the economic turmoil that goes on in the United States. You're free of the chaos that is our government. You're you you're 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 just free.
1: is a growing trend of US citizens moving and working abroad. Luckily, due to the current technology, it has become easier and easier to do so. My question as I embarked on my own journey was, why? Why would people want to leave the greatest, most exceptional country in the world to travel around the world, sometimes to third world countries, or places that may or may not have what you are accustomed to. Even more curious was I discovered African-Americans are hopping on this trend too. Even entire families, husbands and wives with their two or three kids have sold their homes, packed their bags and ventured out into parts unknown. There are a myriad of reasons, but one thing seems to be clear. Once they leave, there is a reluctance to return. I met such a person in this week's episode, my guest, Mr. Eric Prince. Eric is known as the Minority Nomad. He's a veteran who's traveled around the world, but as a civilian, he made the conscious decision to remain in the world. He has a goal to become the first African American to travel to 100 countries. What made his interview insightful for me was our conversation around race, racism, especially as it compares with other countries, how other people can embark on their journey and how to sustain themselves. We also had a really great discussion about what it feels like to be an African-American traveling while black.
0: See, I started my career as a nomad, minority nomad. Um, I was very nomadic for several years. I was on the road, uh, constantly, always traveling, new countries, I was in 20 different countries every year, I and mean, it's so just going, go, go, go. go. Uh, and it wasn't until I I started to settle down in places, where I spent more time in Bucharest. I, I lived in Bucharest, I lived in Budapest, a little time in Istanbul, Bangkok, and Berlin. And it wasn't until I, like, as a civilian, I lived several places as a, a, a soldier, but as a civilian, um, it wasn't until I started to you know, spend months in these places and really started to like try to learn the local language and the culture and with people you know, that I, I learned the differences, uh, the little nuances of being a local. Um, it, it's interesting, like, the... When it when it comes to being black uh, and traveling the world, things that happen like that happen to you, um, like the old lady saw you and made the cross with like surprise when black travelers go to China and everybody wants to take a ton of pictures of them. That doesn't happen to me in Bangkok, for example, because where I live, everybody sees me all the time. Boy, so yeah. I'm, I'm a part of the community. Right. And people know me. And there's this little old lady who does my laundry, and it got to a point where. Whenever I came in, she started to teach me Thai. Like, I learned, like like the Thai that I know, I learned from local vendors. That's how I learned. So she started to teach me how to count in Thai. So I learned how to count. And 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 at Puni uh, Wani, like tomorrow, day after, I, I started to learn those things from a little old lady who did my laundry. <laughs> uh, there was a vendor who made my favorite fried rice. I love Thai fried rice. She would not serve me unless I ordered in Thai. After like a year of me going to her, she was like, ah, you don't know Thai? I'm like, no. She would not serve me unless I ordered a Thai because I became part of the community. Right. Because I'm part of the family now. And the same thing happens in Budapest where when you go into a market, everyone's like, what? And then (laughs) after a couple months of seeing you, everybody knows your name, where you're from, your story, and know, what you're coming in for. So it's a different experience. Right. With that said, you also see the dark side of it. For example, um, I remember meeting a couple sisters from uh, South Carolina and Kuala Lumpur, and we were we were just talking, and they were talking about. They asked me why does everybody think they're prostitutes? They're they're new travelers, um, and I told them like, well, in Asia, a lot of a lot of African women are prostitutes, and you guys look like you're African. And, you know, one of them was a little bit offended. And I'm like, look, I, I, like, I'm like, i not trying to be an asshole about it, but that's the reality out here is a lot of African women are in the sex trade here. They did not believe me. I was like, okay, when you come to Bangkok, let me know, and I'm going to show you. So they came to Bangkok, and I took them out into the city uh, in, in a very popular middle of the city area. It, most tourists go right through it. And as tourists, most tourists can't see. They don't see the Africans. They don't see the people of color because the Africans have learned to blend in. They've learned to hide one step back away from the light, if that makes any sense. Mm. So I said, like, look, right there. There are four African hookers right there. And they looked, oh. And I told them, I guarantee you, in this space, we're going to run to at least 30 hookers and African men pimping and selling drugs. And exactly what I said happened. And the only reason I saw that is because I live here, because I know them, because some of my friends here are pimps and drug dealers from Africa. Mm. And it, it's it's a sad reality that you start to see when you live a place. And it's this frustrating back and forth. There's this... Uh, online, or they might be a print newspaper called uh, Atlanta Black Star. And Atlanta Black Star, I consider them to be race baiters. Um, they make a living out of making Black folks afraid, And they produced a piece of content uh, a little while back called um, the 12 worst places for Black people to travel in the world, or something like that. It. it was like 12 or 8 or something like that.
1: Oh, I think I saw that on YouTube. And
0: It was, and oh, and they did a video. They they turned that because it got so many hits into a video. And it was the most ridiculous list I had ever seen in my life. And I wrote a rebuttal to it. And I got a lot of pushback from a lot of people around the world saying that they felt like I was unnecessarily sugarcoating the experience of black folks in these places. And my point was, Until you have lived in places like Barcelona, in places like Italy, in places like Bangkok, in places like London, where the treatment of Africans is significantly different than the treatment of African-American tourists, you cannot have a conversation with us about what it's like to live in these places and do what you got to do to survive. And then you can't talk about how the locals treat people if you've never lived there, right. maybe the locals just don't like you because you're a not just tourist. Or they have, they have no way of dealing with tourists all day, to pushing up the rents in Barcelona or in Venice. Or, you know, it's it's so many things. I'm going about this all day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm wound up. <laughs> Tonight, girl, you gotta go.
1: I know, okay, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want. Don't, don't get But
0: there's a distinct difference between being a tourist and an expat, and I think most people would agree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and, and that that makes sense because obviously, it's like anything. When you're a tourist, as you said, you're, first of all, nine times out of ten, you're only going to see the, the hotspot, you know, the, the touristy the places. places. You yeah. don't really get to see what it's like to be yeah. be that culture, be that that person you know yeah. um, i want you to give me your definition of an expat versus an immigrant because I, <laughs> I just got my i got my views on it i want to hear yours
0: okay so i'll start with that um i perfect honestly i don't see a difference between an expat and an immigrant i think the difference comes in uh, when you start talking about an expat slash immigrant versus a refugee, I think that's where the distinction can be made. But it's the same thing. Like, I mean, I mean, like expat. I mean, it's funny. It was like, oh, expats are white and with money, and immigrants are black without money. Or, <laughs> like, or, or, or people of color. Like, get out of here. Like, it, there's, I mean, I, I have not heard a, um, a viable difference between the two things. Uh, so in my opinion, same thing. Um,
1: Has there been any place so, you know, you named your top five best, What was your top five that you like, you know what, been there, done that, I don't even Balkans. know it. Easy. Who?
0: The entire Balkan states. Every one of them. The entire <laughs> Bosnia, Serbia, uh, Montenegro, all of them. y'all can keep it all. Okay. Um, <laughs> If I ain't never going to go back down there ever again, I ain't gone. It, okay, it's why? It's one of the worst places I've ever been in my life, the entire... It, it's, it's, you know, and, and, and this is, anybody who hears this who's from the Balt, the Balkan states, um, please do not take this as me criticizing you as a people. Um, as a tourist, it is an absolutely terrible place uh, to to visit. The cities are tend to be dilapidated and run down. The tourist infrastructure is terrible. The overland transportation is atrocious. Uh, the 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 roads are chaos if you're trying to drive. The food offerings are subpar. Entertainment Ooh. is low. Uh, it, it is just a unpleasant place to to be. The entire Region I, I did not like it. Um, I, I hope I don't have to go back. <laughs> um, uh, the people were extremely warm, though. Like when uh, I went to Kosovo, um, I mean, Serbia, Bosnia, people were super welcome, super nice and kind. But in the air, there is this, and 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 people of color who've grown up in poverty know what I'm talking about when I say this. There is an air of desperation everywhere Uh, there's this that you feel it on your skin this 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 anger and this frustration this 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 scratching and clawing to just survive and it's everywhere down there the entire region imagine the entire region is the bad side of detroit the entire every country
1: okay because i was going (laughs) to say what you described is what i felt the first time i went into baltimore city
0: yes yeah when
1: i went into baltimore especially it's coming from like right yeah. especially coming from you know one of the suburbs that i had that i predominantly was in in, in maryland
0: mm-hmm. and then all
1: of a sudden i go i'm in baltimore city that's how it was like depressing and you can feel i like when you said in the air you can mm-hmm. feel the energy mm-hmm. of of depression, oppression, like you said, desperation, impoverished. It was just really, and I'm like, ew, I gotta get out of here because, you know. You, right. it's, just, it's not an enjoyable, from a tourist
0: perspective, it's not an enjoyable it's experience. Not enjoyable. From, a, from a human perspective, it, it's heartbreaking. It's mm. heartbreaking yeah. to see a people who are so close. To, to places like Spain and Germany and and Turkey and even Romania to a certain extent, and, and, and yet yeah, they're so far away. Yet yeah, they're yeah. so far away in so many ways. So yeah, it would by far be the Balkan states by far. Oh,
1: okay. So, all right. So let me let me get to this part because yeah, we're gonna definitely have to do another another <laughs> one of these because this is this is really good. So the main thing that that we that I want to do on here is okay. We want to get people's juices flowing. It's like yes, okay. I want to do that. What would you suggest of how people get started if they want to get paid to travel or get or You know, do not not necessarily do what you do, but yeah. (laughs) You know, how do they become a digital nomad? You know, how do you get to travel? Say it again. I would love more people
0: do what I do. Uh, I I would absolutely adore it because that means I don't have to do it. Like, (laughs) like I'm blessed because I'm at a point in my life where I can live anywhere in the world and do nothing. I can literally live any place on the planet and put my feet up and do absolutely nothing. But I have a a obligation uh, to our community uh, because I have a privileged life. I have the privilege of freedom. Um, and, And I believe that part of my responsibility with that freedom is to explore, entertain, and educate our community and ensure that we have information on people, places, and things that we need. Anybody who's looking to kind of follow my blueprint, it's tough because I'm I'm very, uh, I'm talented. I I don't want to be arrogant about it, but I have a very specific specific set of talents that I've uh, cultivated over the years because uh, everybody's not not a presenter like me. I'm a presenter. I'm a storyteller. I'm I'm entrepreneurial. It's, it's, It's in my blood. It's who I am. So I so saying how I did it would, would kind of be asking for a lot of people, um, but but what I can say is find a way to monetize your skill set. Whatever you're good at, whatever it is that you can do, uh, monetize that. Um, if you are a great writer, uh, monetize that. If you can do hair, monetize that. Um, if I have a friend who's traveling the world as a makeup artist or yeah, okay. Years. Yeah, and like that's what she did. So she flew around the world and did uh, makeup for uh, different photographers in different countries. Uh, she worked on this website called Model Mayhem, which uh, kind of puts uh, makeup artists, um, photographers and models all together. And she said, hey, I'm coming to, you know, I'm coming to Bangkok, I'm coming to, Tokyo, I'm coming to uh, Berlin. And, uh, you know, would you be interested in work? Here's my rates, you know, $100 an hour. Let's go. And she did that for two years, traveled the world. Uh they're, they're, if you're a great teacher teach teach yes. it is by far the most common um, uh, Young people or just people in general travel kind of a career right. looking at work at uh, With the United States government uh, the US government has embassies all around the world I have several friends who work for the US government doing security embassies uh, embassy work uh, all around the world, take a look at that. Um, I want to say is usjobs.gov, I believe it is. Um, I can send you a link later. Actually, I, I have it in my uh, files. Uh, what else could you do? And just and really realize that if you want to be a digital nomad, if you want to live this unorthodox lifestyle, and it is unorthodox, be prepared to make a lot of sacrifices. Uh, Especially personal ones. Um, one of the biggest drawbacks to this lifestyle is uh, romance, it's a personal life, uh, it's friendships, it's those things that a lot of people value extremely highly. Right. And you got to be ready to, like, for example, if you only date black folks and you move
1: to Thailand, damn. I, you know, I saw a video that you did. And that's, first of all, first of all, That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay. (laughs) It's like, it's like, you be, it's like if you were a cat and you're like, I want to go meet some more cats, let me go into this whole kennel of dogs. That, I mean, you know, it's like Thailand, you've got Thai people. Yeah. You don't have you don't well, I think it also comes with I, I
0: think and this is why, why it's so important that I say this so people hear me is that I don't I think a lot of people lack self-awareness. Uh, yeah. A lot of okay. people uh, a lot of people a don't realize that they have that preference where it's like, oh I'll, I'll date anybody, but they tend to only date one race or one type of person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or they or when it comes to being a freelancer, they really believe they work harder than they actually do. Mm. They believe they're more talented than they actually they are. Actually are. Okay. And this lifestyle will quickly put you in your place. It will quickly show you uh, that your work ethic, your nine to five work ethic, does not work out here. Like, that's what I tell people. Like, I, I'm, I'm up at six o'clock in the morning every single day, and I go to bed at midnight. That, That's a typical era day. Um, and, and throughout that day, I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching projects. I'm doing videos. I'm doing photos. I'm teaching classes. I'm writing. I'm doing a myriad of things. I'm doing my, I actually have a digital marketing company, an entire company that I started just to teach companies how to use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, blogs, YouTube, an entire company for that, and a lot of people have this skill set. Like Curtis, for example. Curtis has a skill set that he can monetize. Well, I know he does, but a lot of other people can do that as well. And they can monetize it, but they don't. If you're good at video games, start a YouTube channel and play video games. If you love basketball, start a YouTube channel and talk about basketball. Like there's so many things and so many ways for us to monetize our skill set. And we just get to a point where it's easier to just say, well, I'm too old or I'm too far behind or I'm not good enough or right. there's too many people doing it. There's so many ways that you can make yourself stand out. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, you know, you got to do, yeah. do it.
1: Well, this is this is really this is this is really good. And, I, and I'm really glad you said that because part, part of my niche is going to be those who are now on their second life. You know, because they're you know that's where I found me. I've got two sons; they're like your age. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do now? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm single. I I ain't worried about dating nobody. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, now I've been there, done that. I ain't worried about that. <laughs> but but um but there are a lot of um and there are a lot of women in in particular. Mm-hmm. Who right and so my audience
0: is made, my audience. It, it, it shocked me. Um, my audience and I just looked at this. My audience was about seventy-one percent of my audience between the ages of twenty-five and fifty. That's my oh. age demographic, and it was sixty-two percent women. Absolutely yeah. shocked me when I saw these numbers, and and looking at the comments and messages I get, it's women who tend to be in their thirties or older. Okay. Who are looking to explore and travel and, and be out there a lot more? So yeah, you're absolutely right. It,
1: yeah, it's
0: definitely. That's who. That's who's trying to get out of
1: here. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm definitely trying to hit the boomer market because the other thing too is that we have people who are. Um, we're, we're still functional. <laughs> they yeah. may now be getting social security, so they oh, have yeah. some money, a little bit of money. You know, getting
0: like well. case. You can, and this is something I want to impart to your audience, just in case some miracle happens, I don't make it back. If you make, if you're bringing in a consistent income of around two thousand U.S. dollars a month in Social Security, retirement, uh, whatever you're doing, you can live quite well in a lot of places around the world. Right. See. Wide world well, and a extremely high quality of life. I live in Bangkok. I live in the city center, and it's hard. it's difficult for me to spend that much money in a month living here wow. in one of the most expensive cities in in Southeast Asia. Um, in Budapest, same thing. Budapest, it's getting a little pricier, but fifteen hundred, you're living pretty good. You're living <laughs> pretty good. So yeah, okay, all right. I'm, I have friends who are retired military um, who are making. No, significantly more who hit the road. They're like, "Yep, I'm done with us. I'm ghost," and they're in uh,
1: in Europe. So that, and that's the part. And I can't. We, I, I, I've got, I gotta go. When I have you back, that's the other part I want to talk about. The people who have said for what there are myriad of reasons. Mm. You know what? P- us peace out i'm i'm going somewhere else and I'm i ain't coming i've seen so i found have a friend of mine uh that lives in paris she was in she, she was in Houston. she's been in in paris since 1994 and um in fact i'm i'm gonna interview her in july um and i said are you um you know are you coming back she's like no she you know,
0: was like, mm, I'm good. I'm good. You're going <laughs> like, to pay me a lot to come back to the U.S. Like, it's going to be obscene amount to get back there. Once you're out, it's like, I don't know if you're a fan of James Baldwin. Yes, uh, a, are, are you kidding? Yes, I grew up with James Baldwin. And it's, and it's you know, his writings on Paris. Anybody who's not familiar with James Baldwin's work, please go take a look at his work and and, and, and look at it his perspective on being a gay black man living in Paris as opposed to the United States. And I feel, and I'm not even close to on the level of talent of Mr. Baldwin, but I feel very, very similar to his feelings it, that you in, in, in places like Paris in, in in France and Italy and South Africa and Brazil around the world, you are free to be a black man. Or a black woman you're free to be a person of color you're free to be a dancer you're free to be gay you're free to be a feminist you're free to be you're free to be a christian or muslim you're free to be all of things without overt criticism and bigotry and people pounding you in your head with their perspective on how you should live your life you're you're free of the inherent frustration that comes with being a marginalized community in the United States. You're free of the the economic turmoil that goes on in the United States. You're free of the chaos that is our government. You're 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 you're, you're just free. And once you get a taste of this, you will be insane to go back. Like you it, it, and this is how we all. It's like we have these conversations all the time amongst ourselves. It's like. There is no way I'm going back to that. What? The the quality of life that we have out here, everywhere, is so much better than U.S. And it's unfortunate that there are so many, not only African Americans, but Americans in general, who do not have an opportunity to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, this has totally been enlightening uh, for me, and 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 actually, I'm like, oh my god, I'm waiting for my pa- I had to get my passport renewed. Um, so wait for my passport to come because I'm like, oh my God! Okay, I'm like ready to go.
0: Yeah. Um, I <laughs> what I normally do is I work my way between the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Right. So right now uh, I'm I'm back in Bangkok now. I'm here until August. August, I'll go to Europe. Uh, I'm in Europe all of August, half of September, and then I go to Austin to speak at a travel conference. Actually, I'm giving a, a, a walking tour. I'm at a travel conference. I'll go, I'm in the U.S. for two weeks to visit family. Uh, I'm going to go see my mother, my grandmother, and then I fly to Europe um, end of September. Uh, October, November, I'm in Europe, um, running around different countries. I have another conference in London beginning of November. Then I fly from London back to Bangkok, and I'm back in Asia again for another three months. Right. And then I work my way back around. through some, see, So I always work my way in that cycle. So I never get bored. <laughs> around the world.
1: <laughs> I know. man. That's why I said, man, you are a citizen of the world. And so I'm like totally loving this. So I have got to go. I went way past the time I was supposed to go. I'm loving this. I so appreciate this. I really do. Um, Man, I definitely want to have Eric back. There was so much I wanted to ask him. As you can see, he had a lot to share on his perspective of traveling and demystifying some of the myths and the fears surrounding world travel for African-Americans. I so appreciate him coming on. If you want to follow him on his travels, you can catch him on Instagram under Minority Nomad. My main takeaway from our conversation was, get out. You get to experience what real freedom feels like and determine if the expat lifestyle is best for you. The next time you go on vacation, Try immersing yourself in the language, food, cultural places, and get to know the people. One great way to do that is to stay at an Airbnb with a host, even if it's for part of your stay. It's fun and an excellent way to get to know the country, island, or nation you're visiting. Where would you like to go or where have you been? I would love to know and hear about your adventures and experiences. Send me an email to monetizeyourtravel at gmail.com or leave me a message here on Anchor. Don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss one episode as they are uploaded. Until then, happy travels. The world awaits.